to the 52nd episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I'm Buck. Um, I hope everyone's surviving the extreme heat that's still hanging around like a bad smell. Um, with me, I have the professor. Hello. And how, how are you going this week? All right, apart from the heat, my computer crashing, and I kicked my, uh, my toe on a table. Ouch. I'm not sure it hurt more, your computer crashing or kicking your toe. Both to bring a TD or the toe. Drop it. The toe did hurt more. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything exciting to share apart from kicking your toe and your computer crashing? Jeez, you're picking the hard questions this week. <laughs> well, we've been going for a long enough time that I figured people want to know a bit more about us. So there's not nothing coming back. No, no nothing's coming. Ah uh, well. And the, the the little snigger you could hear in the background there was the DJ. Hey guys. And how are you going this week, DJ? Oh, I'm, I'm being okay. It's yeah, that time of the day. Sound, you don't really sound too confident about it. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> well, the heat is making me sound nervous because I don't know whether I, I'm going to be roasted or... I will roast you. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I meant I, I meant the heat. Ah. <laughs> oh. Is that your new boyfriend? No. Nah. <laughs> no. Nah. Okay. But yeah, it's been good this week. This week. This week's been good. Anything exciting to share? Well, it's back to school for most of the <clears throat> for most of the kids this week. I thought you so graduated. Oh, I I meant for I meant seeing the little kids, you know, like say, Yeah, I'm going back to school and yeah, <laughs> seeing all those cheery faces at work and you go, Look at them. They don't even know that the real world's gonna crush them. I don't like it because there's a bunch of schools in my suburb and walking back up to the train station in the morning to get to work, I have to go against the literal horde of humanity. <laughs> if I trip over, they would trample me. So that's where you just got to perfect that grumpy old man look. <laughs> it works wonders. I, I walk to the train. They don't get in my way. I want to sit in a seat. They move. They're making too much noise. I just look at them. They're scared of you sitting on them. Well, even when I'm sitting down, I'm just giving them the... I, I, I do what I call the uncle look, the uncle stare, which is just a really dirty look where I let my glasses slide down over on my nose a bit and I look over the top of the frames and I just give them a really flat look. And they just, I don't even have to say a word and it works from one length of a train carriage to the other and it shuts up an entire carriage full of screaming girls. It's because as soon as one of them notices, it just, they all pass around quickly and they all just get up and leave the carriage and go to another carriage or just they, they change to the other section of the train at the next station sort of thing as well. I, I take it you practiced it on your nieces and then you tried it at, at, on the train stations. Well, with my nieces and nephews, it was only if they were doing something wrong. So I, would, like, I would just give them a bit of a look. On the train, it's usually I'm actually quite actually angry because <laughs> yeah, I, I'll go sit on the in the quiet carriage to do some reading, and then yeah, they all get on and think it's t- it's time to scream as loud as they can. I don't understand that. Maybe I'm just uh, old. Oh, not, not uh, what I don't understand is how whenever the school ki- 
the little school kids are like, oh, I can't. They say their friends like, oh, I cannot wait to go to school. They they sound like they're gonna miss them. And when school hits them, they see the same friends at school. I'm like, um, you're saying you're gonna miss them on the holidays. Yeah, at school day, you're gonna see them eventually. What's the difference? It's a difference between riding with your dirty with your gangsters and being in prison with your gangsters. <clears throat> yeah, um, <laughs> I still. I got nothing to say on that. That's just yeah. I think yeah. we should move <laughs> along because that's just so far removed from our usual topics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't regret asking <laughs> a question now. <laughs> trust, trust the DJ. Anyway, um, first up this week, um, I was actually reading an article <laughs> that's talking about fossil fossilized feathers and how it's revealing some of the details for the evolution from flightless dinosaurs to birds we have flying around today. And apparently, because all mammals, I don't don't know if you guys realise this, all mammals have keratin that's produced on the surface of the skin. Um, For a lot of land mammals, such as humans and animals with mammals with fur, um, it's they have a it's an alpha carotene which comes out as hair body hair or fur. Um, there's also the beta carotene which comes out as claws and beaks and feathers. And the beta carotene is actually much more rigid, and that's what the feathers are made of. But apparently, there's a flexible, semi-rigid beta carotene, and that's the main thing that helps with feathers and while they still don't know exactly when it happened, they've got lots of examples showing the different stages of the changes in the feathers over the years. Oh, so be the carotines, hey? And when I say over the years, I mean like 160 million years, 130 million years to 10 million years ago. How long until they remade Jurassic Park, but they... It's just a, a remaster with CGI feathers on all the dinosaurs. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but I, I wish they could get it right because um, what's the Velociraptor? That apparently had feathers and wasn't as big as what they make it out to be in, the, in those movies. It was only half the size. Yeah, the one in the movies is closer to a Utoraptor. Yeah. So does that mean in the next in the Jurassic Park remake we're going to see a flying Tyrannosaurus Rex? Um, it won't be a Tyrannosaurus Rex, um, but I think you are probably referring to the Quetzalcoatlus, which is one of the largest of the pterosaurs, um, particularly the Northropi. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, in a way, yeah. yeah. Which is. The other link that I gave you there, which was actually the size of a small airplane, had similar sort of wingspan. Um, but was, yeah, the Cessna 172 light aircraft. The wing, so the wingspan of that was the same size as that, that plane, and it could stay aloft for four to seven days, I think it was. And yeah, quite a scary thought when you consider the fact that when it was on the ground. Well, it's a quadruped, but it could still fly, and it had a massive beak, and it had a uh-huh. flight had a flight range of thirteen thousand to nineteen thousand kilometers. Is what they're proposing. 
That That's is a, a long very, way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a very, very huge bird. So up to 19,000 kilometers, it could yep. fly intercontinental. Yes. There were scientists who were suggesting that it, this particular dinosaur fed by skimming just because of the shape of the beak and so forth. So it's kind of like a pelican or something like that. Um, but predominantly they were found inland and the dietary requirements don't match that in something this size flying along trying to skim through the water to pick up fish. The aerodynamics would just would snap it and kill it, especially when you consider the fact that it had a speed proposed at uh, 130 kilometres an hour. Wow, it's pretty fast. Yep. So, yeah, like, it's, it's one of my favourite dinosaurs because of the simple fact that it would have been amazingly cool. And I know um, the professor wanted to, wants to be able to get hold of one to have it trained as a guard dog for in his front yard. Yep. <laughs> Only problem is I don't know how he would dodge becoming its meal because it, it <laughs> was quite fond of um, eating things about the size of a man. Well, I did chilli powder because if you don't want your dog to chew something, you put chilli powder on it. So you're going to coat yourself from head to toe in chilli powder every morning? Yeah. Wow, that's one heck of a deodorant. I already deodorant. do that to my dinner. <laughs> that's one heck of a deodorant, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know how well that would go because I don't know what sort of tongue it would have. <laughs> and I've got a galah that I've got a galah that actually enjoys eating chilies. Yeah, because modern birds can't taste capsaicin. Mm. So, I think you might be out of luck there. Out of curiosity, though, could you see yourselves? living in a world similar to Dinotopia, where humans and dinosaurs have, have coex- are coexisting, basically. Are they intelligent dinosaurs or are they like pet dinosaurs? Uh, I want intelligent dinosaurs. Okay, yeah. Uh, oh, well, the <laughs> problem is once you have the intelligent dinosaurs, you start you, you might get an uprising too. Yeah, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Get through some of the dumb ends of humanity. Yeah, yeah, that is actually true as well. That's actually true. But it would but, depend on the dinosaur you brought back. Because if, like, for example, if you brought the um, Quetzalcoatlus Quetzalus Northropi, um, if that was one of the ones that was around and it was intelligent, that would be pretty cool because it doesn't have an engine and any metal substance, so therefore flight would be silent and wouldn't be really detectable on radar. And it can stay aloft at four to what was it four thousand feet or something or above the surface. Do you, do you want to hear the cool part about the with with what you just said? What's that? Um, Pterosaur uh, in Dinotopia. Pterosaurus are also common, especially the Quetzalcoatlus skybacks, who serve as steeds for the skybacks message messenger riders. Well, there you go. Traffic jams are gone. You, so just make, you make friends with one of these guys, and they give you a lift to work. Yeah, but that would be cool. Imagine getting, imagine having some of the, some of the, um, bringing back some of the dinosaur birds like the Pterosaurus and the Quetzalcoatlus. Mm-hmm. Which is a particular pterosaur. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm just thinking about how cool would the feathers be? Ooh. Like you got those, you got the, um, you go to the. Um, drag queen shows and they, they have the feather boas and they've got the little fluffy feathers and then they have some of the bigger ones. 
Can you imagine the size of the feathers off, a, off some of those pterosaurs? Oh, yeah. And they'll be, they, be awesome. I bet you they'll be pretty expensive to get. I, well, I'm pretty sure they are at the moment because they're all fossils. But... Ah, I mean, like, imagine, get, imagine, like, when you bring them back, it'd be pretty, it'd be like... No expense. You, you seem to have this focus on how much things are worth. You can't just appreciate the beauty. Da, na, 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 na. <laughs> but anyway, um, I suppose we should probably move on because otherwise, yeah, I could probably wax poetical about how cool that with those dinosaurs are. Um, just out of curiosity, what's your favourite dinosaur, Professor? Oh, I had one a while back. I can't remember who it is now. Wasn't Bob, was it? <laughs> Bob. No. After what he said to me last week, he's not my favourite anymore. Okay. DJ? Um, damn. When I was a kid, I always loved the Triceratops I, when I was a kid. But nowadays, yeah, I, I just like the Raptors, just like the Velociraptors, because of their speed and agility and, okay. and, the, and the wolf-like mentality. Uh-huh. You got to go for a Stegosaurus, though. You're fat. You get to eat all day. Nothing bugs bugs you because you got the big armor plates. Yeah, but you can also say the same with the Ankylosaurus. They you know do the, that. You know the Tyrannosaurus Rex was actually there's actually just proposals that it was either Indian or British. Really? Now that that is yep. interesting. Well, it's always re- been referred to as the T Rex. The DJ's confused. Yeah, I'm. Tr- I'm, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think. Like the Tyrannosaurus Rex is British and T- Indian. T Rex. <laughs> oh. I would have a pet T Rex, and I would call him Mark Bolden. <laughs> Let's just confuse the DJ even more. Oh, While he's I... trying to figure that one out, let's move on to the next topic, which was from you, I believe, DJ. Uh, yes, indeedy. So yes. we go and confuse him, and then we expect him to be able to present. <laughs> we want to challenge him and stretch him. Okay, so I've got some Star Trek news for all you Star Trek fans, and that is in the new Star Trek series, our beloved favourite character, Jean-Luc Picard, played by good old Patrick, Sir Patrick Stewart, will no longer be a, will no longer be a Starfleet captain. Ah, so what's, feel, what's, what's going on? Feel like there's some. I feel like the. I feel like the penguins are up to this. Must be the penguins. Everything on the penguins. Uh, penguins. Why why isn't he a a Starfleet captain? Is he now an admiral or? Well, they're saying um. Into a black hole. I have no idea, but um, according to the create Star Trek Next Generations, um, Jonathan Franks, he directed the most recent episode of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, during the interview, he said that the Next Generation crew would be eager to join, but also admitted it would seem unlikely. And he also suggested that Picard is no longer a Starfleet captain, having moved on to other things. So, in other words, he's become an admiral or he's retired. Yeah. Probably living in uh, a chateau in France. Drinking his tea, oh, grey hot. (laughs) Yep. Although I, I wish they bring, if there's one um, character I'd like to see here in um, Patrick Stewart series, it'll be number two, or is it number one? Riker, that's the one. Who is number one? Uh, that's um, John. No, he's the captain. Oh. First officer. 
who's number one, and that was Riker. Yeah, that was Riker, yeah. There we go. Now we can go and finally answer the question they asked in the prisoner back in the 60s. <laughs> oh, man, but uh, I don't know, man. That's, uh, it sounds really weird just saying, just saying that Jean is no, Jean-Luc Picard is not a captain. Like, he's always iconic with that role as Captain yeah, Jean-Luc Picard. If you look he wasn't further, captain. Oh. I was just going to say, if you look a bit further into it, he's still in there. It's just not the way you used it. you got to remember, like, in the storyline, 20 years will have passed. So, it's not like he was captain in the original series or Enterprise or whatever. He was only being captain in The Next Generation. None of the other shows have featured him. Nah. As I know, oh, they did. They they did feature him, but not really. Oh well, his voice only, which was, um, Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. And well, but he yeah, is I, apparently returning to the role in a new Star Trek series. Yeah, but they're not giving out too many details. No, no. There's uh, there's so far. There's I think they're still writing the. Uh, they're still writing, and from what the director is saying that. Uh, he's he's thrilled and excited to be invited into the writers' room, and he's a producer of the show. So yeah, that'd be pretty cool seeing him produce a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Who would you want to see come back besides um, Riker and um, Picard, fellas? Um, Scotty and McCoy. <clears throat> Scotty, hey. But the original Scotty. I, I know it's not possible. Yeah, the original, the original Scotty and McCoy. Scotty, oh, Scott, I know who talks. Bones and, yeah, Bones and, yeah, Scotty. Oh, yeah, they're, they're cool. I'd want to see Captain Christopher Pike. Pike? Yes. Why? But why? Because that's who it wants. You didn't say we had to justify it. You just oh, no, no, I was, oh, was going to say just, justify it as well, but okay, fair enough. Okay, I'll justify it because he only got one episode. <laughs> I mean, yes, he lived and died in that one episode, didn't he? No. He was who they had before they got uh, William Shatner. He was in the pilot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. And Yeah. Okay, cool. So I, I, remember, I vaguely remember that name because I saw the, re- the reboot series and, yeah, he was in there. Oh, it turns out he is, yeah, he is in um, the, the show officially or something, it seems. Actually. Or, or they, well, they mention it. Yeah, he was in, mentioned in the, the Star Trek. Yeah, he's if mentioned in... for anyone, Tom Baker. <coughs> but he's not yeah. in Star Trek. <laughs> ah, that's where you're wrong. Oh. Had, uh, because the company know? that makes Star Trek comics has done a crossover between the Star Trek comics and the Doctor Who comics. Ah. Therefore, Tom Baker is a Star Trek character. <laughs> ah, okay. And plus he's the Doctor, so he can go anywhere. That'd be an interesting episode, just having a crossover between... The Star Trek cast and the and Doctor Who cast. Well, there's comics about it. Yeah, co- yeah, I agree. Okay, I get that the comics about it, but imagine having a having a BBC and is it CBS that does the Star Trek series? Um, I'm not sure, but I can <laughs> see that if the BBC did Star Trek, it would suddenly become really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I yeah, agree with you. A lot, lot better special effects. It's um, yeah, it is CBS that does Star Trek. Okay, cool. But yeah, I I would love to have seen like a, a a few episodes where Tom Baker is there as a captain of another Starfleet command, and yeah, 
gets to tell off, um, I don't know, Captain Kirk for being a lech. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, you know who you know would be an epic battle in Star Trek? The Doctor versus Q. I would put my The money Seventh on. Doctor versus Q, though. The Seventh Doctor is most like Q. Ooh, you, re- you reckon? Yeah, they're both the mastermind. Mm-hmm. The other Doctors have elements of it, but none of them take it to the extent that the Seventh does. Okay. And um, But if we had Tom Baker as a captain, um, I'd want, what's his name, Llewellyn, who played Q in James Bond as the chief engineer. Huh. I'm sure you don't mean Robert Llewellyn. Robert Llewellyn, that's it. Wait, uh, the guy who plays Crichton? No, no, no. Um, uh, the guy who played Q in the original, like he was one of the only original characters that was in all the movies. Oh, wait, are we talking Star Trek Q or James Bond Q? James Star Bond Trek Q. Q. James, no, t- James Bond Q. No, I'm talking about Star Trek Q. Well, I'm not saying that. You, well, I'm saying that it's <laughs> who I want, so therefore you're irrelevant and wrong. <laughs> Okay, he's been portrayed by Peter Burton, Desmond Llewellyn, Jeffrey Bowden, Alec McCowan, John Cleese, and Ben Whishaw. Yeah. Desmond Llewellyn. He was was the one there for most of the episodes. Yeah. Up until... 63 until 99. Yeah, he... he, he, I I could just see him playing the part of um, the chief engineer really, really well. You have Tom Baker as the captain, him as the chief engineer... (laughs) <laughs> and John Cleese is the actual um, head doctor for, for, for medical. There you uh, go. Uh, by you the way, cast right there. Mm, yep. But by the way, guys, the uh, Doctor Who Star Trek crossover. Uh, from what I've se- what I'm seeing so far, the only one they have is with Matt Smith as the Doctor. I thought there was one with David Tennant. Second, that's the one I'm seeing so far, but. Uh... There are a couple of crossovers. It did some interesting crossovers. There was the Star Trek with with the X Men. Mm. That was. <laughs> uh, there's the Star Trek with the Planet of the Apes called the Prime Directive, the Primate Directive, and the Star Trek versus Transformers. Uh-huh. Because nothing sells quite like prostituting yourself. <laughs> oh man, but I don't know that's that'd be an interesting crossover. Doctor Who universe with yeah. the Star Trek universe. But anyway, um, yeah, if anyone listening would like to tell us who they would love to see in a crossover and be a captain, um, yeah, let us know. Send us send us a message. Send us a comment. We're opening up to hear you. So, yeah, let us know what you reckon. Um, but moving along, um, Professor, you've got something about someone packing up their bag and heading home or something well they're not really heading home it's more like leaving home the metro games which have always been on steam have uh sold the exclusivity rights for metro exodus to the epic Games store so what's that going to mean for all those who because you could actually buy Metro Exodus on Steam for a while there, couldn't you? Well, that's the thing. If you bought it on Steam as a pre-order directly through Steam, you're fine. If you bought the physical edition, even if it's got the Steam logo on it, it comes with an Epic Games key. Okay. And they announced this two weeks before release. 
And, but the thing is, for them to have CD keys going out for Epic Games, then they must have had this planned since the game went gold and they started uh, preparing retail packages. So in other words, they're being naughty little boys and girls and playing funny games. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Valve puts in a restriction now that if you want to sell on, if you want to have your game on Steam at any point, you're not allowed to withdraw it like as easily as they can now. So basically, you're you're, you're wanting them to have a contract saying if you if you um put your game at Steam and if you leave within let's say like thirty days after release, you will be heavily punished. Yeah. Because it's not the uh, the only game recently that has been pulled from the Steam store before release. So, um, what, what is there any idea what's going to be happening with the future for between the developers for Metro and Steam? Is it going to create a massive rift that's irreparable? Valve has said that they're not happy, but I don't know how much they're going to blame uh, 4K no, 4A games, and how much they're going to blame um, blame Epic. Mm-hmm. They have said that it's unfair, but they haven't uh, come out with any sort of official plan on how they're going to go ahead. But if, apart from that, if you have bought the game on Steam already before it was taken off, you will still get it, and it will be available on Steam one year after release. Only one year? What about going forward, like, if you've pre-purchased it, and are you still going to be able to play it after one year, or is it you got one year and yeah. then you got to change? No, it's that uh, it will be available on the Steam Store in one year. Okay. So if you didn't buy it yet and you still want it on Steam, you've got to wait a year to pick it up. Okay. Wonder if there's um, any antitrust stuff that needs to be considered as part of this. Yeah. Because that's one of those things that because that was what Google came a cropper on with in Europe there was the antitrust laws. And I think Apple's been done on that and a few other companies. The famous one is Microsoft getting done for integrating Internet Explorer with Windows. Hmm. But, yeah, Google got done for um, antitrust laws for the shopping where they promote people who paid more. That was considered antitrust and a breach just recently. Well, a couple of years ago now, so, but yeah. What's interesting to me is how it used Steam used to be that one store, and it's the the only game launcher. That's because around. it was the only store. Yeah, and then ever since last year, we've been seeing a couple of more launch more um separate launches have popped out, like um Bethesda. It's been a bit longer than last year, really. Oh yeah, yeah, but this is more because well, Bethesda's had their own store for a while. Bethesda, EA. But yeah, but it's it's but it hasn't got to more um, newsworthy like how Bethesda said when when Bethesda came out with Fallout seventy six they said okay we're not going to put this on Steam we're going to put it on our own launcher which cheesed a lot of people off. The yeah, difference they... is that there weren't as many exclusives that and this is a particularly bad part because they pulled it from Steam so it's not just Bethesda saying our game our launcher. It's them saying we were going to sell it to you, but now we've uh, been now we've been bought out, and we're not going to. Yeah, yeah. You reckon we'll see like a couple more launches coming out, or you reckon 
on uh, one hand, I hope I hope that something good comes out because feature wise, there's a lot that could be done to improve the launches. But yeah. on the other hand, all the ones that come out are completely half-assed and missing dozens of features that Steam has had for years, and they just um, fragment your library. I mean, Discord itself is also um, entering into the um, Steam market as well. If uh, we, I think we covered the top, we covered that topic a, a long time ago. Is it the Steam market or the games market? Well, Steam market in terms of um, being the game, being the one-stop shop for games. Well, that's not because Steam's a product and source. It's not. It's not an item. So what they're selling is games, etc. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you, it, it's not. So it's not the Steam market that they're entering. They're entering the games distribution. Oh, my mistake. But um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Professor. That. Yeah, hopefully we might see something good out of it, but yeah, it, do you reckon this? Do you reckon Epic might survive that long, or I'm I would think so, unless because... Fortnite crashes and burns horribly, and they've done absolutely <laughs> nothing with the money they've made. They're not going to have any money problems for quite a while. And you said Fortnite, yeah, because Epic, well, who made the Epic Game Store and the Unreal Engine, also made Fortnite. Well, aren't they one of the games that was being banned in China? Yes, <laughs> which is funny because uh, they've, they've, they've been lost. like a, almost fifty percent share in um, in Epic. So therefore, since they've now lost China, there goes what fifty percent of their market and ninety percent of the cheaters. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say that, but I think what's going to be interesting is how many indie games are going to move Steam to um to Epic Game Store because of the revenue split uh, between Steam between Steam's re- between Steam's revenue split and Epic Game Store revenue split it's interesting like uh St- Epic Game Steam's one is basically 70/30 Epic Game Store is 88/12 well a lot of indie games rely on modding and Steam provides the best modding um tools in the Steam workshop of any game launcher out there yeah but still uh, i but still it's just the whole revenue thing it's it's, it it comes down to a cost benefit um decision in the end but that is like the game developers have got to wherever they sell their games they've got to look at the fact that the people who are distributing the game for them have to make money somehow right yeah therefore Mm it doesn't matter the percentage because 88 12 they they get a higher percentage of the, the cut, but the amount of money that being charged needs to be considered. Um, yeah, and Epic's getting their uh, getting the cut so low because they're offering basically no complimentary the- services. It's just a store. Steam has things like the workshop, uh, streaming, in-home streaming. They're working on Linux support. They've also got. Um, a lot of free games that are coming through and free patches to try and encourage a lot of extra new up and coming developers to get their name out there. So they, basic, so basically, um, uh, what's its name? Um, uh, who is it? That- when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Does all the free, free stuff and cheap specials. Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle, that's it. They do, they have, they've got a good relationship with Humble Bundle as well. Who recently, though, has started dealing with um, GOG for some of the stuff as well. Well, GOG themselves have a program, I think it's called GOG Connect, mm-hmm. where if you link it to your Steam account or your Origin account and or any of the other accounts they support, and there's a game you own on that account that is also available on GOG, they will give you a license for it. Okay. Which doesn't really cost them anything as far as I know. And um, because GOG games are DRM free, so they could really just give you a copy. But I don't know if they have to pay any money, any licensing fees. Uh, one of those things to consider and look at because, yeah, like <coughs> Humble Bundle is one of the big groups that everyone enjoys dealing with and you don't mind supporting them. And Steam has a pretty high reliability, although some people are upset with it and they're going with GOG and a few, a couple of the others. But the reality is is you want that quality of support where which Steam and some of them have got, and then, but a majority of the others just don't seem to have. Like Epic is a skeleton crew, which is a half-assed attempt. You know, now... Um... Now they're uh, doing this. Steam's not making any more profit on selling copies of um, of Metro, which means they're now a free distribution platform. Um, they're making nothing from this. Epic can push all the patches and stuff they want, but Steam can't possibly make any more money until the mm-hmm. end of the year. So yeah. I can't imagine that's going to make them happy because they're supporting the forums. The If there's a mod workshop, there's that. Cloud saves... All of that. Yep. Um, I can see there's going to be some major fallout because it's obviously a planned move. Like, it's not something that's happened afterwards and they've got to put out extra gear for. It's all come out at the same time, which is the reason why I was asking the question about the antitrust and so forth. Yeah. There's there's going to be some interesting fallout from this, whether it's made public or it's all behind closed doors or something like that. But I can see... That I can see... Valve coming out and ha- having a bit of a stomp session on somebody because this is pretty... It's, it's a dirty move to do. Like, it's something that they've planned and they've worked on and now all of a sudden it's... Yeah, it just it's, it's a, a slimy, dirty move. Yeah, that, that, that's the business That's the business aspect of it, though. Yeah, I mean, this sort of business is bad business because it destroys the relationship. And Valve's now going to turn around and just look at them and just say, yeah, look, we don't trust you. So (laughs) everything else from those guys is suddenly going to start to smell kind of bad and get less support. And let's face it, if if Valve turns around and pursues an antitrust and sues them for damages based on all the free content that they're not able to make money from, but they're going to have to support and everything like that. I can see them suddenly owning 
a new um, label because they, they, they can hurt. Is it 4K you said? 4A. 4A. I can see 4A suffering pretty badly from this because this is a premeditated dirty move which will shatter the relationship between Valve and 4A in a pretty catastrophic manner. It seems like it was pushed through by that publisher, though. Um, 4A are claiming that basically they had nothing to do with it. So uh, we could get lucky. They could leave um, Deep Silver. Whoever's, whoever's responsible, it's going to go pretty... Because be... well, if it's 4A's game, they've got to be involved somewhere along the line. Yeah. Because at, at some point, somewhere along the line, they've known that this has happened before this. So, yeah, and Deep Silver's CEO is, he's put himself in a pretty precarious position. So the whole lot of it's just going to go pretty bad. So even with the favourable revenue split when you're transferring from Steam to Epic Games Store, you guys reckon it will be a very bad, it's a bad business decision in the long run? Well, it's, shattering, it it's shattering the relationship. Like you've, <clears throat> it's just, you, you, it's making a deal. <clears throat> And then at the last minute, you turn around and you say, oh, yeah, look, no, you're still going to do all this work, but you're going to get nothing for it. How would you feel if someone did that to you? Oh, yeah, I'd be pretty bummed out. You, you'd only be bummed out? I'd be, I'd be livid. I would be over there tearing you a new one. Oh. I wouldn't trust anything you said if you did that to me ever again. Like, yeah, like some of the stuff, like you got to look at like business is a relationship. Are you going to trust someone who's just lied to you and kicked you in the ghoulies? No, I wouldn't trust them. I wouldn't trust them. Well, I, would th- I would throw them, but I wouldn't trust them. <laughs> okay. Well, that's pretty much what um, has happened here. They've come out and done all this, and they've lied, essentially, with what's happening, and then they kicked Steam and Valve fair square in the <coughs> ghoulies and poked them in the eyes and tweaked their nose. So... <coughs> Yeah, like I, I can see there's going to be some massive issues that need to be resolved before <coughs> Valve will do anything with 4A or Deep Silver or any of their affiliates. They, they're just not going to trust them. They're going to have contracts that will be locking them in that if they breach it will be crushing. And what was, what was remember we discussed the lawsuit with that was involving... Um, Emulators and whatnot. Yeah. The emulators and stay forth with um, Star Citizen a, a while back. They were, they were facing massive lawsuits. Uh, to... People were trying to sue Star Citizen because the game still hasn't released. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I and, remember and that. And there, yeah. there, there was someone who yeah. was suing over the fact that there was a lot of changes in things and breaches of contract, and that was becoming a massive epic lawsuit. I can see something similar happening out of this, which, unfortunately, if it does, could probably spell the end of the Metro Exodus existence or it would be moved to being owned by Valve or someone else because it's just all the ramifications of this can be so such massive catastrophic failures because, let's face it, Valve is one of the biggest companies out there to mess with. And you've, they've just gone up and poured petrol onto a fire. Yeah, this will be a very. This is, I think this is going to be a very long battle. 
this is this has got the grounds of either going Star Citizen level lawsuit or EA. Oh, because anti breach of antitrust laws is actually like the governments usually are involved in that, and they come after you, and they literally have people who crawl inside you looking for evidence. They don't mess about with it, so yeah, yeah, be something to look, something to keep an eye on, and. Yeah, if we hear anything further, we'll try and let you know and keep you updated. But, yeah, let's move along. Um, so what games have you been playing this week, Professor? I have been playing, but I thought I'd talk about what my girlfriend has been playing. She doesn't really play games. She's probably had, like, an hour of playtime across her entire life so far. But I sat her down and I gave her my Switch and... Uh, got her into Stardew Valley, and it's completely hooked her. <laughs> when I was leaving her place on, um, after I, like, I was staying there for the weekend, when I was leaving her place, I was uh, half, th- half tempted to double-check my bag to make sure she hadn't stolen my Switch. <laughs> <clears throat> now, just out of curiosity, is this a brag point just to be able to say you've actually got a girlfriend? Damn, you got me. <laughs> The professor's flexing right now, going, yes, I have. No, I am lifting you up, along with all the other nerds who listen to us, showing that it is possible for nerds to have girlfriends. <laughs> no, I uh, want to talk about how Stardew is such a simple game, but it manages to be so addictive, and how people who have never gamed before can pick it up and understand what's going on. It's good to see you're sharing the love of gaming, mm-hmm. which is something I've done with all my nephews and nieces. So I, I, I can understand that because it gives you the excuse to be able to play games as well. Yeah. I, I mean, initial, when you look at the first impressions, it looks like a traditional Game Boy style game we play on, like playing Pokemon. It's like playing yeah. old school Pokemon, but not like, like playing Harvest Moon. <coughs> Like, okay. it's literally a spiritual successor to Harvest Moon. Okay. I have to say, I like the, the the idea of riding the horses along the frozen river. Well, I think it's a river. It might be a road. Uh, I don't... Some pictures. I'll have to look it up, but I don't remember there being um, frozen... Like, riding horses on a frozen river. Okay. Um, just looking at the <coughs> images on Steam, and there's, like, a winter scene, and they, they're riding horses. Okay. Yeah, there are horses, actually. Um, yeah, I think that is just a pathway. Yeah, I see it, yeah. It's still pretty cool. Yeah. And I like the fact that one of the horses is actually wearing the hat rather than the guy. Actually, <laughs> three of the horses are wearing hats. One of them's actually wearing a top hat. Professor, you're a horse. <laughs> Nay, what would give you that idea? <laughs> oh, there you go. If you want to see what the professor looks like, he apparently looks like a horse in a top hat. But, um, so did you actually play this as well, or was it just the girlfriend? Yeah, I've played it quite a bit in the past. I haven't played in a a long time now, but um, it was mostly her. I was giving her advice, helping her remember where things were when she got lost. Mm -hmm. What's the soundtrack like? Because they're selling it separately. Uh, It's really nice. It's... um, a very uh, calm soundtrack. Um, sort of, uh, I'm trying to think of the word for it. Sort of ambient music. 
uh, slow, just sort of plucking at a guitar. Okay. I think Actually, that I just, suits the game really well. I've just found it on YouTube. Oh, there's a bit of flute music in there too. Yep. All right. Oh, we'll put a link up. It's like two hours of it or something, but yeah. <coughs> so any any particular parts of it that stand out as something to look for, look out for or? Um, well, I think the, the design of it was so clear that um, I really only had to explain the basic controls and help her when she forgot those. Which, if she hears this, she'll probably uh, give me a slap. But but once she had the controls down, it flowed really well. The uh, design of the game is such that basically anyone could pick it up, I think. And that's something that I've always wanted to aim for in my own game design. And... Next week, you'll have two black eyes from two massive slaps and an uppercut. <laughs> you just said it's so simple that anyone can play. <laughs> I, I, I just, I'd just like to say congratulations. You just outdid the DJ of putting your foot in it. Not past, <laughs> uh, not just the knee. You've, you, you've gone past the hip and everything. Like that. That's just monumental. <laughs> um, in further news, the professor is now missing. <laughs> Uh, um, so how many should, uh, oh. No, 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 no. I think we should just move along before he gets into more trouble. Oh, okay, okay. I, I can just, I can just, yeah, I, I think we should just yes. back away. Save me from <laughs> myself. Um, <laughs> so what have, what have you been playing, DJ? Uh, I, okay, after so much of denial I decide, uh, of not playing Fallout 76, I decided to play Fallout 76. Did you play the song in the background that I said to you for when you're playing it? No, <laughs> okay. I, I played the I, I played the Acon version instead, and that just made it even worse. <laughs> well, Acon wouldn't make anything worse, but yeah. <laughs> um, for those who are wondering what it is, it was the song "Oh So Lonely." Um, who was it that sang it again? Um, Terry Bobby, Bobby Vinton. That's one. Um, we'll include a link. For people it's just because when you play fallout 76 there's such a lack of anybody else in the game so oh i already done that so but, yeah. um but man stop messing up the show notes dj <laughs> but i will say this fallout 76 i thought it would be like after so much patches i thought they would go yes we've perfected this game but guess what they it's didn't it's it's worse. It is gone. It's regressed back to. Uh, no, not regressed. It just it just it hasn't worsened. Regressed. There are bugs it's, in it now that were in there and were fixed and are back in there. Oh, and, but worse. It's got even more bugs now. Oh, it's. You would think like after four months of after after four months of release and with so many problems, they would fix it up. All these pat- all, all these problems, but no, they didn't. They didn't. It's. Uh, I mean, I constantly get crashes. The frame rates are still, um, still f- um, laggy as hell. Um, monster des- monsters still don't run up to you properly. They just, it's just sliding. It just slides <coughs> instead of running. Um, I don't know, man. It it's just so many problems. 
They should. I don't know why. Top. Why did Bethesda do this? I mean, honestly. Did you actually see anybody else that when you were playing though? I didn't. I saw one or two people, and that was it. I only. I. I. I played like two or three hours of the game. I only saw two people. That's it, at best. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was. It, it's just not a good game, man. I've I've got Bobby Vincent playing in the background for you. If only he, I bet you he, Bobby Vinton would have said, would have also said, don't, don't buy this game. (laughs) Well, he probably would have said it anyway because of the simple fact that he probably wouldn't have enjoyed computer games. (laughs) But But, he would have been too busy with his girlfriend. (laughs) But honestly, though, it's just like like the professor said, like they brought in the patches which fixed the problem, then they brought another patch. And brought back the brought back the old problems. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they they should have. They, I'm I'm now worried about what what new patches are they going to bring out now? What's that? Um, the the, the one legged man with one with a with one arm cut off, and he's got a hook for a hand on the arm that's left, and he's only got one eye. You mean Captain Hook? No, no. I was just thinking, isn't is is that that he's Got to go to the bathroom, isn't that? Is is that kind of what's happening with the development team over at Bethesda? Yeah, I could say that. <laughs> I could, I could see that happen. Like it's just, it, it's just shot to hell. I think, yeah, it's just shot to hell, man. But like, here's the problem with Bethesda. Like from what I've seen, is that most of the stuff were all outsourced, primarily. But even well, that should actually reduce some of the problems that they've been having with Bethesda. That's what, in, th- in, in theory, yeah, but... <laughs> like, there's, there's whole generations of developers out there that have actually been getting oxygen to their brains, which Bethesda seems to have not been doing. Although, having said that, I'm playing Elder Scrolls Online at the moment, so... And that's... It's totally different to all the other Elder Scrolls stuff I've played. It's just... It's it's got some beautiful gameplay and some fantastic scenery. So yeah, doesn't seem to have a clear storyline to follow at some point. And yeah, no, I, I, don't I don't know, know, man. Like Bethesda, like I, at this stage, I just want to just uninstall the game and just never play, never touch it ever again. I, I'm at that stage right now, but so you're, yeah. you're not going to buy the special leather jacket. No, <laughs> the leather jacket. Oh dear God! <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm, I was actually surprised. I actually went and looked. Um, <laughs> they got all the different clothing items with, for merchandising. So they got t-shirts and everything like that. I could just picture you in the Fallout seventy six t-shirt with a leather jacket and the power armor helmet. <laughs> and, and then to offset the look, you have the pathetic plastic bag which falls oh. apart. Way to go, Bethesda. Your marketing department just (laughs) sucks royally. Oh, man. And and to make it even worse, the um, the new Coke drink that they sold, oh, it was terrible. (laughs) You actually went and bought one, did you? No, I didn't didn't buy one. I saw saw a couple of review videos. Well, the review videos, basically, all they show was they felt the bottle, and the the ads was basically like, oh you will get a very, a very special type of bottle it'd be it looks like glass, but when the reviewers got the bottle, it was like a plastic rip off. Oh, is this the one where they had the special rum in it? It's just inside a plastic outer shell. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, 
Well, I looked at that and I thought it's plastic. When well, just looking at the pictures, and I thought you looked wrong. It, but I think we should move along. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, we get in trouble with. Mm-hmm. No, suspend our accounts. Um, suppose we should take a special pause here at the moment to remember is it the challenger that exploded. Oh yeah, the challenge, the uh, challenger space crew. Yeah. So, yeah, special, special pause and uh, yeah, sad, sad event. And moving along now, though, um, shout outs this week. We have the. 29th of January, 1845, Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven was published in the New York Evening Mirror. Um, quite a one of the most classic stories to get hold of. Um, 16th of January, 1974, we have the 45th anniversary of the Rubik's Cube being invented and the, the start of many, many cheating episodes where people would break it apart or change the <laughs> stickers because they couldn't figure it out. Um, the 29th of January, 1980, the 39th anniversary of Rubik's Cube's international debut at the Ideal Toy K. Two of the same thing there, DJ. What are you doing to me? <laughs> well, you broke yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, we actually have a position opening if you want to do our show notes. <laughs> Um, 30th of January, 1969. The only requirement is you speak English. Oh, we, we should have enforced that with the DJ. Um, 30th of January, 1969, the Beatles' last performance <laughs> on Apple Records' rooftop, and that is not in any way related to Apple, the company that makes a crappy, oversized, overpriced mobile phone, which has now lost massive amounts of value. That was, a, that was actually a company that made great music. Um. Yes, you got, you got to wonder how they're handling over Apple since their their values dropped so bad that it's actually worth it's the value has lost more than what Facebook is worth. Mm. Wow! Uh, didn't you hear about that? No, I missed that. Um, the head of Apple um has come out and blamed China producing cheap phones for the fact that its share price value. <laughs> Has dropped such so dramatically, the company's been devalued more than Facebook is worth. Like oh. so many, so many billions of dollars, like or hundreds of billions of dollars. I can't remember the exact figure off the top of my head at the moment. But it's just like it's it's the ultimate epic fail because yeah, he he's saying because they're producing such cheap phones, we can't keep up with them. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, maybe you should look at the fact that your phone's overpriced and sucks. But moving along, let's not talk about Apple too much. Um, special remembrances this week. We On the 30th of January, 1948, we have Orville Wright, the US aviation pioneer, died of a cardiac arrest at the age of 76 in Daytona, Ohio. Um, the 30th of January, 1991, John Bardeen, American physicist, electrical engineer, and co-inventor of the transistor. Um, he won two Nobel Prizes, in one in 1956 and another in 1972. Also died of a heart... Well, he died of heart disease, not a cardiac arrest, at the age of 82 in Boston, Massachusetts. 
31st of January 1956, A.A. Milne, the English author of the Winnie the Pooh books, dies of a stroke at 74 in Hartford, Sussex. A lot of heart disease issues here. Yeah. Didn't, didn't notice the trend until reading through that just then. And then who, there was a couple of special, there were a couple of others that people who passed this week. Who were they, Professor? Um, Matt Rose, the special effects guy for Alien and Predator. And we posted another one this morning. Um, Dick Miller from the, um, the movie Gremlins and the Terminator, to name a few. He passed away as well at the age of 90. So, yeah, sad, sad passings. And, yeah, we'll have those included in the show notes at the end of it. Um, they will be missed. They brought so much joy to the world. Um, birthdays this week. On the 29th of January, 19, born in 1945, Tom Selleck, the actor, he was Lance Rockford, Lance in the Rockford Files, uh, Magnum P.I., um, he was the commissioner in Blue Bloods and many, many other episode, other shows and movies. Was born in Detroit, Michigan. Um, 30th of January, 19, born in 1925, we have Douglas Engelbert, American computer scientist, um, the man who brought us the computer mouse. And Engelbert's Law was born in Portland, Oregon. 30th of January, born in 1949, Peter Agre. Um, American biologist and Nobel laureate was born in Northfield, Minnesota. Um, what was he? What was his special thing there, DJ? Peter Agri. Yeah. Come on, I spoke about this with you the other day. Um, something to do with cellular movement. Ah, ah, yes. Uh, discovery con- discoveries concerning channels of cell membrane. That's it. Yeah, and he was recognised for his discovery of aqua. Porian water channels. Mm-hmm. And did some amazing work with malaria. Yeah. Um, events of interest, 29th of January, 1886, Karl Benz Patents, the Benz Patent Motorwagen. In Karlsruhe, Germany, there was world's first automobile with a burning motor. So the beginning of Mercedes-Benz. Do you know who Mercedes-Benz was? Was a wife? No, daughter. Ah. Uh. Um, 29th of January, 1964, Dr. Strangelove, or also known as Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, directed by Stanley <laughs> Kubrick and starring Peter Sellers and George C. Scott premieres. That's a good name. That's a good film title. Yes. Um, I think that went for classic. the shorter one. I think they went for the shorter title just because of the fact that it, the, the film was almost over by the time he finished saying the name. <laughs> um, but, yeah, 29th of January, 1993, the US Postal Service issues a stamp commemorating chemist Percy Levon Julian. And here we go. We'll put the DJ on the spot again. What was his, what was his claim to fame? Oh, uh, his was um, – wait, let me get – let me share. Uh, oh, the pioneer of the industrial large-scale chemistry synthesis of hormones, prosterone, ah, okay, testosterone and progesterone from plant sterols. 
Uh-huh. And... So he's basically the um, pioneer of medical drugs from plants, basically. Synthesizing. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that was special about him? Uh, he, he's the guy, he's the guy that, has, he's the grand, grandfather of steroids. And? Yeah, ster- um, first black American to receive a doctorate in chemistry. Exactly. One of the first. Yeah, one of the first African Americans. Yeah, took a while, but we got there. Yeah. Um, on the 29th of January, 2006, um, another sample is released, which is feature- featuring Hattie McDaniel in the dress she wore in 1940 when she became the first African-American actress to accept an Academy Award. So definitely an amazing lady worth a... Although I have to say, it was only a 39 cent stamp. They should have made like at least a dollar fifty or two dollars. Although that was uh, the, the dress that she was in, pretty nice dress. Oh, I'm not just dis- I'm not discounting that. I'm saying she's she's worth more. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think that's everything. Nothing else we need to cover. Oh, we got one year coming up soon. Next episode. Oh, that's going to be fun. Next week. Oh, our birthday episode. We're going to have fun. We have fun every week. Oh, yeah. We might even have pizza or something. I don't know. Um, we'll have to see what happens. I didn't know there was pizza on the table. Uh, hopefully there will be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, definitely something you'll have to, everyone has to help us celebrate. We, we'll see how everyone goes and see what we can do. Um. So you can find if you if you want to find somewhere else to listen to us, where where can they find us, DJ? Uh, that's not canon dot com. They can find us um on th- on that website. Uh, and also you can buy our merch. We've got some really cool merch. And our episodes are also located where on Spotify, on Stitcher, on iTunes, and any other audio platform you can think of. Really? Well. So it's on Google Play? Hopefully it is. Oh, it better be now. <laughs> um, if they want to send us a tweet, where do they find us? Twit? Uh, they can find us at nAmalgamated. Uh, that's uh, our Twitter handle. And our email? Uh, nerds.amalgamated at gmail.com. You can email and us there. We're on Facebook at Nerds Amalgamated. And is there any other way they can contact Besides email and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we haven't learned smoke signals, so don't try that, folks. Plus, it's too hot to do it in summer. No, we ha- no that's, about, that, that's all we can. That's all we've got at the moment? That's all we've got at the moment. Awesome. Um, anything else we need to add in there anywhere, Professor? I think we've covered it all. Just that awesome. if you are in America, you might want to practice your smoke signals right now. <laughs> yes. It looks like it's rather cold there. If you wouldn't and mind picking up some of that snow and sending it here. We'd definitely love it. Um, plus, <laughs> is the government still on strike? They've no, taken they a three-week uh, temporary reopening. Okay. So, so you might still need... two weeks, I think. You might, you might still need smoke signals to get messages across the country. <laughs> um, so, yep, it's good night from me. See you next week. See you guys.
it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.